Welcome to the Black Entrepreneur Experience Podcast, inside the business, buzz, and brilliance of Black entrepreneurs. Here is your host, Dr. Francis Richards. What happens in Vegas goes all over the world on Black Entrepreneur Experience, episode number 329. Thank you for joining us as we elevate the Black Entrepreneur Experience by interviewing CEOs, thought leaders, innovative thinkers, and Black entrepreneurs across the globe. I'm your host, Dr. Francis Richards. Our next guest is a college dropout turned doctor, award-winning entrepreneur and founder of Incomparable, a luxury watch brand. Welcome, Dr. Mario McCoy. Thank you, doctor. I appreciate you for having me, Incomparable. Appreciate you. I've given our audience such a brief bio. Why don't you fill in the gaps and share with our audience what you'd like them to know about you and your business? You did so well. Uh, greetings and good vibes all. Thank you guys for listening and watching. My name is Dr. Mario McCoy. As Dr. Richard said, I am the CEO and founder of Incomparable Watches, headquartered in Houston, Texas, college dropout uh, turned doctor. I'm born and raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I moved to Houston, Texas about 2014. And I started Incomparable with the intent of noticing there was a, a lack of diversity representation, but a higher arc of cultural influence in the jewelry and watch industry, which by 2025, will I think it's uh, the total total value market to be about $118 billion industry. And when I started Incomparable at the time, there were less than 20 Black-owned watch companies in on the entire country. And I was a lifelong watch collector. So I wanted to make it my life's work to make sure that we inspired the masses to don't be regular, be incomparable, be our limited run of unisex collections for men and women across the globe. And now, like you said, we're an award-winning company, been featured in GQ, Vogue magazine, Forbes, Essence, Influencer magazine, Swagger magazine, the list goes on. And we couldn't be any more thankful because we took a passion to solve a problem in the globe. And that's what makes people gravitate to us. Someone's listening and saying, wow, you've stumped me. How do you become a college dropout and then become a doctor? Tell us about that journey. Oh, Dr. Richards, perseverance, perseverance and persistence. I'm a first generation doctor in my family as well. Uh, my mom and my dad they never attained um, four-year institutional degrees. And they always preached to me the importance of attending college, not even necessarily for the education, but more so for the experience and the whole shaping of your life because you have so many memories that come from those particular two to four whatever years that you attend college just for the rest of your life it's for the friendships that you forge the the sacrifices that you go through and the learning of yourself as a man or as a woman because you're beginning to separate yourself from we you know what's called the nest at home right so my mom used to always say those things to me i grew up in a single parent household by the way and at first i didn't listen at first, I didn't see the importance. I just wanted to work, make money, be an entrepreneur. And I wasn't necessarily enamored with the fact of getting up in the morning, still going to 8 a.m. classes or optional classes where you only have to show up for exams or classes where I really wasn't getting anything out of it because you have to take your general education requirements before you get to your, your upper level classes of things that you'll actually be interested in. And honestly, I kept changing my major. I didn't really know what I full on wanted to do like growing up rest in peace to the great Stuart Scott he was a um, great broadcaster for ESPN a black man and at first I wanted to be like him so I wanted to be a, a broadcaster I used to get up and watch ESPN every morning just to see what he would say for my local sports highlights because 
I was a sports buff. And with realizing that when I got to college, I started taking classes in journalism and mass communications. And I'm just like, this is not for me. So my grandmother had passed uh, my first semester, my sophomore year. And I decided that this wasn't for me right now. Like I mentally wasn't in the headspace to do it. So I took some time off, did everything in the aforementioned, made a lot of financial mistakes too. <laughs> and eventually went back to college and achieved my bachelor's in human resources marketing. And we went up from there and I eventually obtained my doctorate in organizational change and leadership from USC. You talked about you've made some financial challenges, some mistakes mm-hmm. financially. Mm-hmm. What is the biggest financial mistake that you made? Ooh, and what was your takeaway? At 19, I filed bankruptcy. At 19, I filed, and this is back in the early 2000s where you just had your lawyer and you came in with your bills. And it was one of those things where, and it was mainly credit cards. It wasn't necessarily anything that was too atrocious because I wasn't grown for long. I just got into spending happy and one of the latest sneakers and one of the latest fashion trends because coming up where I'm from, your fashion really spoke to you from your watches to your clothes to your sneakers. Hints and comparable, right? And my biggest takeaway from it was um, really, really watching with the third eye your spending. Really, really knowing that your your credit score is going to speak for you even more so with your business credit it's going to speak for you before you can have any type of conversation any type of worth any type of loan any type of structural building for you as a human being as opposed to just you know freely just spending or just thinking that these things are going to be quickly repairable because it wasn't of course, you back then, you were able to get specific credit cards from specific places post-bankruptcy and whatnot, but it was just more so that blemish that stayed for the next few years until it, it falls off your credit report. And I told myself never again, I will never put myself into this financial hole, but it was something that I needed. And it was something that my mother kind of let me go through because it was more or less your welcome to be in a man moment, right? Like these are the types of things that you really have to pay attention to to make sure that you are set up for the next five to 10 to 15 years for your life. Because what you do as far as your credit can definitely impact family, impact friends, impact your life experiences as well. How did you recover? Because someone's looking at how did you build this business and Mm -hmm. you had a bankruptcy? Well, well, luckily it had gotten discharged and it's completely gone now, but more so I used the intangibles that came with filing was, like I said earlier, just being persistent, having perseverance, limiting spending, knowing what's important on what I need to spend and knowing what can wait. It really taught me a lot of financial discipline and I carry that over to my business. And I make sure that I carry those same qualities when it comes to any and everything business credit, because I went from that to actually teaching my mentees how to obtain business credit and how your personal credit definitely impacts your business credit from a perspective from you want to co-buy a car or whenever you want to just do anything regarding particular things that's going to require a personal guarantor and all of so becoming educated in that aspect on how having great personal credit impacts your business credit which ultimately impacts your company growth because you can't walk into, into specific banks and ask for loans or and all of a sudden they pull up all of your files and it's just like you don't really have the ability 
to pay back XYZ loan, why should we give you XYZ loan to help your business flourish? So building up that trust within yourself, building that visual proof that your business is trustworthy to obtain the needed capital for you to grow are definite areas that I maintain for growth and I maintain and telling all my mentees as well. Do you build your business credit first or your personal credit first, or are you building them in tandem? My personal credit is it's stellar. Now, Dr. Richards, we're like close to 800, all that good stuff. So I built that up first. My business credit was something that's completely separate because obviously uh, for all our listeners that aren't necessarily familiar, your business credit actually starts with your EIN. And you get an EIN number that's the same amount of digits as your social security number. And as you build up everything that comes into your business name, you're going to notice that you're going to get a couple of smaller accounts, a couple of smaller credit limits, because those lenders typically want to make sure that they can trust you with something small before you graduate. You know, that's something big. It's kind of similar to when you have a, a smaller personal credit limit, and then all of a sudden you're able to apply for bigger credit limits. It's the same aspect, but just with your business credit, everything is separate. So I like to tell all of my um, startup entrepreneurs, all of my solidified business owners, all of my successful business owners to make sure that things that are for your business, you place on business credit. You, are, you place on a business credit card because it's so much easier to get done when you file taxes. It's so much easier to get done when it comes to just separating those entities because God forbid if you ever get sued or anything like that, you people won't be able to come after your personal credit or people won't be able to come after your personal assets if you buy things as far as your business in your business name. Those are some value bombs. Thank you so much for that, of course, of course. Dr. Mario. Let's take a deep dive mm-hmm. into the luxury watch industry. Mm-hmm. When I look at my watch, there mm-hmm. are so many intricate details mm-hmm. to a watch. Mm-hmm. Take us into starting that business, the financial piece, financing it. And I know that these are loaded questions and I, I'm thinking about this as I say it. So I'm going to just stop there because I have a, a friend who's avid listener. She's like, why did you pack so many questions in one? <laughs> so take us there first. No problem. When starting anything, especially in the watch space, having the deep horologist knowledge is really important. And for to break that down more so like on a, on a surface level, it's more so just knowing the intricate parts of what makes a watch quality, what makes a watch last, the different types of movements. Like these are all things that on a surface level when you're buying it, it's like, mm, if you're just a person that's buying it for fashion, for a, a certain look or anything of that nature, you might not pay as much attention as your normal watch collector or whatnot. But these things, no matter the audience that you're serving, is so important because you want to make sure that you're investing in something that can become either a family heirloom or just last for you for whatever it is that you're going to wear it for. Those are all intricate areas that I had to learn ever since the age of seven. I'm dating myself, but uh, my mom used to take me to McDonald's and buy the Michael Jordan watches with the Happy Meal. And I was always interested in why did this watch have these type of layers and materials? And that made me really dig deeper into different types of leather, some genuine leather, to vegan leather, Japan course movement, Swiss courts movement, Swiss movement, Swiss Rhonda movement. So all the things that 
really make up a great long-standing watch from our storied brands such as Rolexes and other intricate and dope brands. Those are just areas that helped me to learn. I was another part of your question that you asked. I want to make sure that I didn't forget it. It was um, financing the business. So with financing the business, I bootstrapped it. I did it out of pocket. When I first started Incomparable, I didn't have any angel investors. I didn't have any seed round investors. I didn't have any partners that went on it. It went, went in on it with me as far as a financial perspective. It didn't really take a lot of money when I started Incomparable. I really started it, I want to say, aside from marketing, aside from, if we're just talking just the base level of getting product and doing research and getting samples and going on that particular route, I'd probably say close to $10,000. Let me take that back, Dr. Richards. It wasn't as much as I thought it was going to be. I'll take that back. Just based on my particular target demographic that I serve, based off of the price points that we have. And based off of the advanced quality materials that we have, it's more now because we have a deeper set of knowledge basis that we use to make sure that we serve our in-crowd community, which is growing globally 100% top tier more. But uh, when we first started, it was more so in that price range. I would always recommend, and pardon me if I'm going too forward just with the interview, but I just want to make sure I get this out so I don't forget it. However you can achieve financial capital, whether it's from seed rounds or you have a co-CEO, COO, CFO, et cetera, et cetera, definitely take advantage of it because that would be something that looking back in my company just turned three, three days ago, literally. That's something that looking back by having a team, it makes everything easier for you. So do you have angels or VC investors now? Not right now. And it is something that we're definitely looking for, mainly because we placed ourselves in position to where we've become one profitable and to a globally going company. So we wanted to make sure that we had our ducks in a row before we outsourced and we made sure that we kept that leverage for us. And congratulations on your three-year anniversary. That's awesome. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. It's not cute no more, Dr. Bridges. It's not cute no more. It's more so once once you reach that year three and year four as a as a startup, and you know we're so grateful for the for the success that we've obtained. But you know, when I say it's not cute no more, it's it, we've we've gotten past that stage of I'm going to support, I'm going to buy because it's brand new. It's like having a baby, right? Like it becomes your baby, but then your baby becomes a toddler, and they start to do certain things. That's just like I don't know if I really like that too much. But you're still a great kid. So it's one of those things really with your company. It's like, I don't know if I want to do that right now. But it's such a great company. It's my baby. You got to make sure you take calculated risks. So those are things that I look at with, with when turning three. You talked about knowing your demographics. Yes, ma'am. Who's your ideal client? Incomparable creates um, modern minimalist watches, really, for the modern minimalist. At the core, I wanted to create advanced affordable style brand for black millennials and generations these to be proud of but i let individuals know and every time i do an interview for the most part that incomparable is a black owned business but not a black only business so being cognizant of what the modern minimalist loves to wear is really at the at the core of our cultural existence i like that thank you fill in the blank thank mm-hmm. you pandemic because Thank you, pandemic, because 
it made my mind sit down. As an entrepreneur, our minds are constantly busy. We're always focused on the next thing. We're always focused on how to place our company in the best position to be successful. And with everything shutting down, and especially with us being in the greater Houston, Texas area, it allowed my mind to sit down. It allowed me to really recalibrate my focus. So thank you, Pandemic, for that. Dr. Barrio, you talked about incomparable being you are growing globally and you are profitable. That is huge for a three-year anniversary. How did you do both? We took a a platform of grassroots meets e-commerce. With me not being from the Houston, Texas area, I wanted to make sure that uh, we ingrain ourselves in the community and being very much so client-facing since we serve and you know, obviously, you know, the modern minimalists and beyond, and we have a great product. So I did a lot of pop-up markets. I did a lot of panels. I've done a lot of interviews. I've done a lot of uh, shaking hands and kissing babies here in the greater Houston, Texas area. And we've been blessed to receive a lot of media placement. I mean, Compro's been on various TV outlets from CNN to TNT, ESPN, from being Comcast Rise Award recipient. So we're definitely thankful to Comcast for that. But just from an e-commerce perspective, we wanted to merge them both because especially since the pandemic, definitely have noticed this data that over 62% of individuals that love to shop, they definitely will continue to shop online. So making sure that we develop the ultimate buying experience on Incomparo.com uh, for prospective buyers and for returning customers have really helped us to achieve that goal of profitability and to maintain our growth with the various collections and things like that that we have on Incompro.com. One thing I've noticed is you have a very unique name the way you spelt it. And someone mm-hmm. is saying, tell us, how do you get to your website? I'm trying, I can't find it. Give us the spelling and how they can reach you. Incomparable is spelled N-C-M-P-R-B-L.com. It's phonetic, just like the word incomparable, just without the vowel. So you can find us on Incomparable.com. You can find us on your app store and your Google Play store. You can download Incomparable app. It is free. We have a partnership with Walmart. So you can find Incomparable, exclusive Incomparable on Walmart.com as well, as well as the drop.com. So yes, that's a growing silent streetwear brand that we have a partnership with. Talk about establishing those partnerships and mm-hmm. what is something that a business, a startup, or someone, even if they are seasoned, but don't know mm-hmm. how to go after those partnerships, what is some advice you would give us? Uh, some advice that I would give uh, my growing business owners as far as establishing partnerships would be to make sure that said partnership fits within your cultural ethos, which is mainly just your culture that you're looking to grow within your company and make sure that either your target demographic is already visiting these places, that it's a part of their everyday lifestyle, or if it's a particular demographic that you want to go after to expand your company. So make sure that those three things are pretty much your ducks in a row, and you'll position yourself for success. I like to make sure that I let individuals know as well, as growing business owners um, know as well, just make sure that you play the long game when it comes to establishing partnerships, especially with these higher-end Fortune 500 companies, because you get some companies being honest, Dr. Richards, that will try to establish a partnership with you just to check a box off, right? Or just to fill the seat in a sense. 
especially since the pandemic, especially since the rise of, of buying black, and especially since the rise has come of uh, today's buyer that pays attention more so to how the company is built that wants to do more business with smaller businesses. You want to make sure that whatever partnership that's being presented to you or whatever partnership that you're intrigued by definitely fits your cultural values and you're going to be able to be patient with the growth. What is your cultural values? In Comparable's cultural values, we have four pillars. It's called our faith pillar. So these are deeply rooted into our company. Uh, it's called focus, authenticity, value, and experience. And it's all centered on the customer experience on Incomparable.com and just with us as a brand that where we're, where we're able to inspire the masses. Don't be regular, be incomparable. Speaking of brands, there are so many brands and businesses that are dominating. Talk about a brand or a business that's dominating that you admire and why. One that I really love really outside of a watch space that's really a dominating brand. I really want to pick a dope Black-owned brand that really dominates. From an e-commerce perspective, I need to eat my commerce perspective. I would say, well, rest in peace to the late gray virtual Apple Off-White. They dominate in a sense of knowing what your consumer wants, increasing the buyer urgency. Like we just talked about establishing partnerships. They have partnerships that speak to the cultural ethos of their brand. And they make people want to be a part of something special every time a new sneaker design comes out, every time a new collaboration with them and an up-and-coming or an established company comes out. And it's something that I can easily see that's going to transcend eras, especially in oversaturated market, especially when it comes with sneakers. And it's just something that as a 30-something-year-old individual right now, I'm able to, to, to pick apart and be inspired and play certain things as far as the limited run collaborations that they have and incorporate it into Incomparable because we do have that same limited run collections for our men's and women's collections and being able to see what they're doing and see what they've done and see the upward trajectory that they've done. Like those are the intangibles that I respect. And I truly hope that they can keep it going from the same perspective, even though Virgil is gone. So sorry to hear that. Mm -hmm. You talked about inspiration. Who or what inspires you, Dr. Mario? Honestly, if we're talking about intangible failure, it inspires me. As an entrepreneur, you're going to take way more losses than the wins that you get. You're going to have to learn what works best for you. And those losses can either be time, financial, or just certain. You don't know what you don't know. And stepping out of your comfort zone and being comfortable with knowing those things is only going to catapult you to become more successful as time wears on because they don't turn, they're not losses, they turn into lessons. And I always like to preach that to as far as a, a source of inspiration, because normally we talk about, of course, the monetary component can be inspiring. Of course, servicing your demographic is at the forefront, but you're not able to service your demographic effectively without a hint of failure. And a key example I'm about to talk about is that a couple of years ago, Apple's iPhones used to blow up, right? And it's a space where 
we're talking about a multi-billion dollar, now a trillion dollar company, they were able to reposition themselves to grow from that lesson. It was catastrophic. People were taking pictures and placing them on Twitter. It was a lot of magazines that we're talking about as far as our earned media placements and things like that. There were a lot of interviews that went on that talked about this iPhone is literally separating itself. I can't charge it. I can't do this. And for a less established company, that can really be detrimental and that can really stick with you because once it goes on the internet, it lives forever, right? So once I saw that really with Apple and how they were able to reposition themselves to still be the leading brand as far as uh, mobile devices are concerned, that was just inspiring because you don't really learn without failure. Speaking of failure, talk about one of your worst moments in business and what was your takeaway? I would say one of my worst moments in business. Hmm. And this is being completely honest. One of my worst moments in business is when I undervalue myself, when I undervalue my company's worth. And where, where I failed at was I didn't do enough research with my competitors to know certain price points and know certain value points and really focusing less on the sale and more on experience, less on particular price points more on the material research, less on particular sales or anything monetary, but driving home, meeting the need. As a doctor, that being succinct and being detail-oriented and really driving home pain points, especially when educating individuals, are all intangibles that transfer over to marketing and building something that's successful. And those areas are important because people buy into your story before they buy into your product. They have to believe what you're selling before they buy what you're selling. And it shouldn't feel like a transaction. It should feel like you're looking to build a relationship and meet a need. So those are all areas where I was able to successfully pivot and just be more authentic, like one of our core pillars. The authenticity aspect is just something that is always going to win and went over individuals. And this is just the last one I'll, I'll talk about with this. I read in an interview that there's an individual, there's two individuals that sell the same product. One has a product that you can tell it's authentic, like the whole thought process and piecing it together uh, as far as molding it, as far as creating it from the ground up, right? And this other individual just wants to make money. Same price point, same whatever, same demographic, all of that good stuff. The person that puts that meticulous thought into it, that puts that inspiration behind it, that puts those pain points that they're meeting and identifying behind said product will always be more successful in the wrong run because people can resonate with that product. They'll wear it with pride as opposed to just take my money and go. What is your company story? Incomparable story is a uh, Simply inspiring the masses, don't be regular, be incomparable. But with unpacking that, it's more so identifying that need. Like I talked about earlier, with being a lifelong watch collector, amassing hundreds of watches throughout my whole entire life, and identifying that need of coming up in hip hop culture where we would glorify the foreign brands, we would glorify the foreign companies that made great products 
but didn't necessarily understand our story. I grew up not seeing a person in this particular space give out a product, not necessarily give out, but sell a product that I wanted to wear that I could visually identify with, that I knew that spoke the same language that I spoke. And I wanted to feel that need. I wanted to make sure that I authentically and effortlessly came out with product that were limited runs because exclusivity is essential. We wanted to make sure that everything had a place in someone's life when they wore it. Whether you're an everyday modern minimalist, whether you're looking to wear a watch to an event, whether you're looking to take family pictures and wear the watches, whether you're looking to have a whole lifestyle that revolves around modern fashion or minimalist fashion, we wanted to make sure that we reached all of those demographics. Of course, like I said earlier, we want to make something that Black millennials and generations these could be proud of because I come from that demographic, but just the overarching aspect and from that expansion aspect, like I talked about earlier with Incomparable, being a Black-owned brand, but not a Black-only brand, that's why. Because we want to make sure that we hit all of those target areas where people can feel like, one, that can resonate with something that is growing, and two, that we reach their fashion wants and their visual needs as far as advancing their look. You have many fans that have purchased the Incomparable watch. Yes, ma'am. And you have many stories, mm-hmm. but I want you to pull out a story from your brand mm-hmm. that really inspired you. A story from Incomparable that really inspired me was when at the time she was nine years old. And this is going to speak directly to culture and confidence. There was a lady that I was doing an event with, and this was her first watch, Dr. Riches. And she pointed incomparable out in front of like a sea of other businesses. Because one, she was, she told me that she loved how the name was spelled. So it made her want to learn more about the company. And she was with her mom. And two, it wasn't common that you saw a Black man that was in the jewelry and watch space. So that intrigued them to want to want more. And these are things that are ingrained into Incomparable and that's ingrained into our vantage points that we have as far as our competitors and whatnot. But three, the overall point of Incomparable being this little girl's first real watch. And her mom was telling her that you're getting older. A watch is going to represent class. It's going to represent elegance. It's going to be something that you can keep for a long time. These are all things that Dr. Richards, my mom used to tell me when I was five or six years old. She actually has a watch that's dedicated to her called Miracle because I was a miracle baby because I was born prematurely. And she would always tell me it's man law to never leave the house out of watch on. So I'm literally feeling my whole life replay in this particular circumstance. And it was really inspiring for the brand because I'm able to see what was told to me 30 something odd years ago and how it still plays today and how it's a deeply ingrained into how incomparable grows and reaches people and resonates with individuals, boy or girl. 
But this particular story just really inspired the brand because it let me know that I'm doing something right. It let me know that we're doing something great. And it let me know that um, we have the ability to transcend eras just as much as the larger brands do as well. Dr. Mario, when I listen to you, your branding is very intentional. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me when I hear your story, when I hear you share your story, it's almost how Steve Jobs would share his, the story about Apple. Talk about this intentional branding and how did this come about? With intentional branding, it really, we I build up intentional branding, to be honest, really to resonate with our customer. Like I said previously, people buy into your story before they buy your product. And making sure that we're really authentic with that approach it's going to meet where the rubber meets the road with providing advanced quality materials. Because of course, people are going to want to know what's going to make up a great watch before you invest in it. But having that inspiration as to what inspires incomparable as a company, what inspires incomparable as a whole where culture meets confidence, what inspires incomparable as a modern minimalist company where simplicity is timeless. Right. Like, so we're, we're making sure that we're dotting those I's and crossing those T's authentically, and it promotes brand loyalty. What problem exists in the world today that you'd like to solve? The lack of inclusion. I walk into every room as myself. And as a doctor, just by title alone, it places you on a pedestal. Right especially as a Black doctor. It's less than 2% of doctors in the whole entire world right now. Of course, like once you get those three stripes, it's more so there's a astute acumen that comes with that, whether it's academics, professional, business, or whatnot. And that's really important for me because now I can walk into every room as myself and inspire the next generation to know that you don't have to look a certain way or act a certain way, or you can come from the inner city where I come from in of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and achieve and advance. And knowing that you can walk in certain rooms where when I when I went to college and undergrad and, and for my grad school experience at the University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, there were often times where I would be the only black male in a class of 300 people. And knowing that inclusion is important, not even necessarily diversity, because diversity, it's more so, I would say, from an e-commerce perspective, not overarching. We have companies that, like I said earlier, they'll place you wherever just to check a box, right? Just to let people know, okay, we're not racist. We have this company here, right? Okay, we know Black Lives Matter. We're going to place this company here, as opposed to inclusion, where you're able to have a seat at the table and actually make a difference. You're actually able to have a seat at the table and unapologetically speak your truths and obviously be able to back it up. And inclusion in a space where you're able to go through those challenges of cultivating and and changing the globe. And that's our main tenet where we're able to inspire the masses. Don't be regular, be incomparable. Because it's more than a watch. It's, It's definitely like a lifestyle sentence. It's definitely something that you're looking to make your mark on the world. It's not even necessarily just, 
I'm going to buy a watch and I'm going to wear this watch or I'm going to buy this fashion accessory. I'm going to wear this fashion. It's what comes behind it. It's going to give you that confidence to no matter what room you walk in, no matter what relationship you build, no matter what you go through in life, that piece of inclusion is going to be evident based on your style choices and based on the main decisions that you make as a person and how that's really going to impact those that's going to come after you and inspire individuals that come after you. My main thing is inclusion. And what is the goal in the next year for Incomparable? Incomparable for our 12-month plan, we're working a lot on media placement as far as uh, online or media placements, as well as potential investing and releasing new product, Dr. Richards. That's something that we're really excited about. We're doing a slight um, company refresh towards the end of this year, Q3, Q4. We have a lot of exciting things coming up and really continuing to get our story out to the globe. And I know I keep saying it's don't be regular, be incomparable, but it's just one of those things that's definitely deeply ingrained in our commitment to our community. And our last and very important piece is expansion of our Create Over Conform Scholarship Program. It's something I'm very proud of. Being a college dropout turned doctor, I didn't necessarily have access to the resources where individuals would come to my high schools around me that said that college was important, that college would help change your life, or college would advance your life, your best memories in life will come from college, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We just learned about student loan debt. We have a creative reform scholarship program where we're able to provide capital to either a young entrepreneur that's not in college or an individual who was recently accepted into a four-year um, higher education institution. And they simply just have to write a 500-word essay and what inspires you to create over conform and create complete the application on our website on incomparable.com and they're able to get some capital to go to school. So that's something I'm definitely proud of to pay that forward. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Dr. Mario. If you conducted this interview, what is the one question you would have asked yourself? I want you to ask the question and answer it. The question that I would ask myself would be, In 10 years, what would you tell yourself now? The you now, the present you now. So if I fast forward 10 years and I would look back, I would tell the current me, don't be afraid of growth. Don't be afraid of growth. As a successful entrepreneur, as a successful business owner, there always comes fear with growing pain, right? Because there's always that fear of the unknown. What's really important as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, especially when you're leading individuals, is taking calculated risks and simply caring about people, caring about their growth. I recently had a conversation with another entrepreneur, and we talked extensively about not even necessarily the piece of brand loyalty, but it has to do with it. It's more so treating people as humans treating people with kindness, treating people with empathy and respect, that's only going to make them stay loyal to you as a company even more. Because we're in a a social media space where it's becoming cool to not care about people. It's becoming cool to not reach out to say hello. And I mean, from an entrepreneur perspective of making sure that you check on your employees and on your fellow professionals' families. How are you doing? How are you feeling? How Because those are things that other bosses and other entities may or may not do, but making sure that you open up that door, not only will that provide inclusion within your workplace and just within building an adult relationship, it's more so that's something that they're going to take home with them at night. Like this person really does care about 
So I would tell myself now to make sure that I maintain that, that authenticity and rapport and don't be afraid of growth. And talking about checking in, how are you mm-hmm. doing? I'm great. I'm great. I can't really complain. I'm grateful to be alive, grateful to have the opportunity to grow. The one thing that I definitely have to make sure that I do better is uh, establishing just better areas of self-care and boundaries when it comes to giving a lot of business game, Dr. Richards. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to make this a really dope interview. As you grow as an entrepreneur, as you grow as a business owner, whether it's monetary, whether it's visually there's two key things i always like to tell those that are looking at my moves that are looking at incomparable growth that consistency creates champions and what i mean by that is no matter what you do or what you want to do if you put forth the effort to work hard at it every day you have no choice but to become good at it and knowing that i have to make sure that when i walk into these rooms when I'm able to help individuals that want to learn that I give great value to people that are going to use it because you can have these conversations with people and they might not either take you seriously or they might not necessarily apply to said knowledge that you're given. So really make sure that setting up those boundaries and owning up to said boundaries is something that's definitely, definitely important to me. If you could spend time with one person, mm-hmm. living or not, mm-hmm. who is that person you'd like to spend time with and why? I'm a sponge. I like to learn. <laughs> I like to learn. I would say Kobe Bryant. I almost picked Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., but I'm going to go with Kobe Bryant. And the reason why, uh, we talked a lot earlier about failure. Right. We talked a lot about bouncing back from challenges and making sure that said challenges shape you as an individual. They shape your pureness. They shape your authenticity. They, they shape your, your knowledge. They shape your growth. Those are all things that I would have conversations with him as far as how do you do all those things, remain a family man, be one of the greatest at your craft, because there's always a silver lining with that. As a family person, my son is four. He'll be five this year. Our birthdays are four days apart. So I'm able to tell everything bad that he wants to do because either one, I already did it. And two, I can just feel him because our birthdays are so close. Like, so with Kobe, rest in peace to Kobe. I would ask him as far as being a family man and being dedicated to the growth in his craft and paying that forward. How were you able to balance all three and when do you know to not necessarily cut one off and turn one on but advance to that particular stage because as a great basketball player of course injuries and things like that are gonna mount up your body's gonna tell you okay you shouldn't do this anymore but then you successfully made the transition and won oscar you successfully made the transition and becoming an author you successfully made a transition being deeply ingrained into your community by coaching women's basketball, right? Figuring out those passions. When did you figure them out? How were you able to cultivate them to where the globe can really take you seriously from being one of the greatest basketball players to ever live to winning Oscar, right? How are you able to identify 
the proper team that's going to help you to one transition, one to grow and two to respectively play their roles where they can be the greatest at what they do as well. So I would ask questions in that space and aim to implement everything that he said into my own personal growth and of course, company growth. Dr. Mario, you talked about your four-year-old soon to be Mm -hmm. Mm five-year-old and we know children love to play. Oh Lord, they do doctor. (laughs) How did you play today? How did I play today? Being able to really be honest with myself. That's why I really do love to give just great conversation and great dialogue because it really helps you to open up and really see areas where you have improved and you can improve as an individual. So being able to play in that mental space and do a bit of reflecting because in three short years, we've been blessed to really grow and achieve a lot of feats. And as a growing business, you don't really have time to really reflect on those feats, right? And we can get the congratulations. You can get the great Facebook congratulations and Instagram congratulations and texts and emails and calls and all that good stuff. But when you're really having a chance to really sit in a room with other successful individuals and you're able to really talk about the not necessarily the end game, but just the journey to get to it, it allowed me to reflect and really play in that mindset. So that's good. We've come to the part of our interview. It's called Rapid Round of Fun. I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and I'd like you to give me very quick answers. If there's something you desire not to answer, feel free to say pass. Are you ready for the Rapid Round of Fun? Let's do it. Your favorite holiday? Christmas. Your ideal car? Tesla. What is your favorite sport to watch or play? Basketball. Your first job? Delivered papers. You relax doing what? Sleeping. Your favorite dance song? There's a song. It was a remix. It's a Tedra Moses, Just Want to Be Your Girl remix with Kay and Trondra. It's like an EDM slash R&B mashup. It's great. It sounds crazy, but it's great. Your favorite singer or rapper? Jay-Z. What food do you eat every week no matter what? Pizza. Workout or hit the couch? I wish I could say both for workout. Dr. Mario McCoy, thank you so much for joining us on Black Entrepreneur Experience Podcast. Before we let you go, why don't you share with the audience the best way for them to connect with you, do business with you, and feel free to leave all your social media handles. Well, first and foremost, thank you for having me on your platform. It's definitely a pleasure. We definitely appreciate everything that you do and all the questions that you ask and the research that you've done. It's outstanding for us as entrepreneurs and as business owners. With Incomparable, you can find us at incomparable.com, N-C-M-P-R-B-L.com. You can find us in the App Store and on Google Play. And that's the easiest way to find us and to stay connected. All of our social media is going to be at B-Incomparable. So that's B-E-N-C-M-P-R-B-L. That's Facebook, that's Instagram, that's TikTok, that's YouTube, that's all that good stuff. Feel free to follow us. We have monthly in-crowd giveaways where we give away a certain product from Incomparable because we love to inspire the masses. Don't be regular being comfortable. And we love our in crowd. We are really deeply ingrained with our positive cult. That's our in crowd. So stay connected and follow us.
Thank you. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening and subscribing to Black Entrepreneur Experience. We would love for you to leave a review and rating on iTunes and share with your friends. For show notes and more episodes, go to www.beepodcast.com. Join us next Wednesday. And remember, green is the new black. So keep your bank accounts and your business in the black. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.